Good morning and welcome to the VSA Capital Tech and Transitional Energy Podcast on Thursday, the 14th of July, as we approach a heat wave. I don't know how the heat wave affects technology and transitional energy stocks, but uh, probably doesn't. Anyway, morning, Phil. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you very much, Andrew. And it is getting warmer and it's certainly hot in London uh, today, but uh, I'm looking forward. I am a golfer looking forward to the British Open golf over the weekend. So it'll be a nice relief. Well, we're recording this slightly early because I've got a tea time at 10.30, teeing off at Trevose. Um, so um, I'll be playing today. Just as good to watch. Honest. Probably funnier to watch because my balls go everywhere. <laughs> Um, anyway, look, uh, I'm obviously down in Cornwall recording this down here, so you're going to have to do most of the talking. So I'm just going to start off actually start on something which is relevant, but is also interesting. Uh, and that is something you sent to me, which was you pointed out that in, in 2008, oil price was $147. The um, price at the pump was £1.20. Today, in 14 years later, the oil price is $100. Yet the price at the pump is two pounds. Now, obviously, a lot of that is to do with the exchange rate. In 2008, there were two dollars to the pound. There's only one dollar twenty to the pound. But even so, that equates to seventy-three pounds fifty for a barrel of oil going to one pound twenty at the pumps, or eighty-three pounds thirty-three a barrel of oil going to two pounds at the pump, which actually tells you the government is taking rather a lot of tax out of fuel. And actually, a lot of the inflationary price in fuel is government tax in this country. Now, actually, I think that's not a bad thing. We've got to get tax in somehow. So why not do it, you know, per use as you use your fuel? Uh, slightly controversial because, of course, some people have to buy fuel and some don't. Um, but it's an interesting situation. Of course, it, it uh, also brings us on to the dollar movement because everyone talks about sterling being weak. Actually, they're talking now about euro being weak because it's gone to parity with the dollar. The reality is, is that neither are that weak. Uh, it's that the dollar is very strong. And that brings in actually technology as a sector, certainly from a, a, a UK investor point. A strong dollar is good because so many of the stocks are actually one getting revenue in dollars because technology tends to sell in dollars. And of course, a lot of technology exposure in funds is to US stocks so they've won on the currency as well. I think that'd be fair to say, wouldn't it, Phil? Yeah. Yes, I, yes, I do. That is, that is a very fair conclusion. Also, there is also the fact that it does make UK companies uh, rather potentially cheap for US acquirers as well. Just, uh, it makes it look very cheap for US acquirers. Um, now, the market at the moment is pretty horrible. I know a few listeners are hiding behind the sofa. Uh, and been hiding behind the sofa, and frankly, all year. My advice is get out and go for a walk on the beach and play a round of golf. Um, but if you are hiding behind the sofa, there's some good news. You might get an acquisition. Uh, I mean, it's interesting because actually, even at, at, I mean, the markets are tough. We saw a, 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 an announcement from FinCap today that their, their outlook was substantially lower. Um, that's how bad it is in terms of you know doing deals in this market. Uh, so we could do with a good bit of M and A. Actually, at VSA, we earn quite a lot of dollars. So that's actually quite a bit of good news. Um, but, you know, finding stocks which have dollar earnings, but sterling cost base, good place to look at the moment. Yeah, it, it is. And, and the news, um, I mean, I don't know if we've been watching some of the news on inflation uh, that, that's coming through. Also, the US 
uh, inflation figures for June came through this week and they were saying there was a jump of about 9%, um, you know, overall. And they, they said the reason for this, this is interesting, they said the reason for this is a very tight labour market is boosting wages, contributing to higher prices and services. And, uh, and in the very same week, <coughs> excuse me, uh, Google, uh, parent of Alphabet, um, have said, uh, and bearing in mind that Google has a lot of revenue coming from advertising, um, that uh, it is freezing. It's not entirely, it, it isn't freezing hiring entirely, um, but will still hire for engineering, technical and other essential skills. So it is looking uh, at the rate of the rate of hiring. And we're starting to, you know, we're starting to see this um, across tech. And Microsoft apparently early announced that it was eliminating a few positions, which um you know it's not it's not dramatic uh, and uh, that facebook has warned its workers to prepare for a for a deep a deep economic downturn but i think this is quite interesting now andrew that we're starting to see you know potentially there there we are us inflation figures coming out saying that uh, it's down to a tight labor market and actually look at what some of the bigger companies are now saying is we're looking carefully at hiring well that's what you you'd actually expect and that of course is what dampens it down and demand gets squeezed and dampens down. Uh, we're seeing airports having to limit the number of people that can go through them, dampens everything down. So that should actually make inflation transitory. But the problem is, of course, we just don't know yet. We still have these three big uncertainties in the market. The war in Ukraine, how long will it go on for? No one has a clue. Uh, inflation, is it transitory or is it here to stay? No one has a clue. And of course, we still have uh, China and uh, the zero COVID and supply chain problems, how long will that last? And are we in Cold War II? Talking of Cold War II, Phil, I've been reading a book down here called The Digital Silk Road, China's quest to wire the world and win the future. Now, if you're worried about China buying all the technology in the West or getting its own technology into the West so that it can see everything that's going on through its AI, through its cameras, through controlling everything, if you're worried about that, probably don't read this book because it's quite scary. Um, and it reminds you how companies like Nortel got completely caught out by the Chinese. Um, it's quite an interesting read, though. And uh, as a technology company, you have to think twice, I suppose, sometimes. Anyway, uh, that's a bit of a divergence, but quite an interesting book. Set right. I'm going to make a purchase. Now, I'll tell you what, let me read mine and you can buy it off me secondhand. <laughs> I love a trade. <laughs> Hang on, it cost uh, 20 quid. They're quite valuable. I'll sell it to you for 30. No, uh, I'm joking. Right. Let's, uh, as I say, I've been, it is a pretty horrible market out there. There is a little bit of news out there, I think. Um, but you've been following the news more than me, Phil. So uh, yeah. I'll let you kick off on the news and uh, talk about what you've been seeing. Right. Okay. Yeah. Let's just uh, quick, quickly on to um, renewables, uh, transitional energy. Um, and business, of course, is still going on, uh, very much so. And it, there was an announcement from um, um, Equinor, uh, and it's looking to buy 100% stake in a company called East Point Energy, a US-based battery storage developer. And East Point Energy has got a 4.1 gigawatt pipeline of battery storage projects in the US. Um, that is a big, big, big pipeline. So obviously, um, you know, the Equiline disclosed scale of investment, but uh, clearly making quite a move there. Um, also on inflation, we're seeing in the energy storage markets, um, what Scylla were coming out and saying that uh, they've seen 
price increases of 25% um, in the past year. Uh, and a lot of that, some of that's down to obviously, as we know, it's the raw material costs that go in there, the lithium and, and other raw materials and, and supply constraints are, are leading to that. So there's inflation in the sector, but clearly, as we you know keep going on about, there's a lot of investment going on. Um, I don't know, Andrew, if you saw, but uh, also Plug Power, this is on hydrogen. Uh, they've said that they're planning to deliver uh, 200 megawatts of electrolyzers this year. Quote a 40-fold increase on shipments in 2021. Crikey, that's a this was an interview with Recharge publication, and that's quite a re, you know that's quite a ramp up in um, uh, in production there. And they have also said that they've sealed a, a gigawatt scale electrolyzer order from uh, a Danish developer, H2 Energy Europe, for delivery in 2024. So again, investment continuing, uh, you know, heavily into the transitional energy sector. Um, and then quickly we saw Ilica, who had, uh, this is a solid state battery company, it's quoted in the UK, tickers on IKA, they have four year results to April. Um, and their shares, unfortunately, they're down like 70% this year so far, uh, but they're looking to commercialise their solid state battery tech for uh, industrial wireless sensors and IoT applications, but also they have a technology called Goliath, which is aimed at electric vehicles. Um, so I don't know if you saw their results, Andrew, at all. Uh, I, I probably yeah. was busy concentrating on my pat on the third hole. Well, you are, you know, you are combining a little bit of work with your vacation, which is very, very good of you. Well, I've quickly, just on their results, um, their turnover was about half a million pounds and they made a loss of uh, 6.4 million. But they've said that, uh, you know, the manufacturing process for this technology, they managed to qualify that. Um, and they're looking to uh, scale up the manufacturing, but, uh, you know, in commercial sales in 2023. So, sort of as with everything in this sector, um, you know, for early stage technology, it's just taking time to get that, um, you know, get the, get the tech uh, fully commercialised and, and into the marketplaces. So it's going to take a bit more time, but fortunately the company does have uh, quite a lot of cash. It's got 23 million on deposit. So um, yeah, I did you know. a big fundraise when when the market was hot, 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 didn't it? And raised a lot of money. It's a good company, Ilica. Actually, it's. I mean, we we I've been down twice, I think, to Southampton to see them. Uh, and I think, as you say, the Goliath project. It's it's slipped behind a little bit, but it's a good project. Um, I think as a stock, it's good. I mean, the problem is, you know, as you say, it's off year to date 75 percent. But everything in the sort of battery and transitional energy space is off 75% or so. So it's not a reflection on the, the abilities of the company. And um, I think down at this price of 44p, it's probably exceptionally cheap because, again, it's just the sort of company that could easily be acquired by an American who just goes, look, they've got fantastic technology. I want to acquire that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And there are, there are a number of outs, as, as we know. I mean, moving just quickly on to tech, um, and on the subject of uh, inflation, which is you know very close to everything's happening in the markets, really, um, I don't know if you saw, but um, there was a statement out. We well, probably wasn't actually, but there was a statement out from uh, Micron Technology, um, and this was saying that uh, you know in June that they were seeing uh, they were going to reduce production. Um, and Micron Technology is one of the bigger memory chip companies, and of course the memory chips uh, go you know, part into things like PCs and servers. 
Um, and, you know, the PC and server market driven by you know, cloud services and also us at home by all the consumer tech during the downturn uh, were really, really hot markets and um, were, you know, caused a tremendous supply chain problem in, the, in, the, in terms of silicon chips. And there were knock on effects you know, into the automotive markets in particular. But um, what's happening in the market here is that um, the PC market, particularly smartphones, do appear to be slowing. Uh, you know, in part dampened by consumer spend. And this has the potential to knock on. Obviously, the, you know, if you look at the chip stocks and the, the Philadelphia stock, inde uh, stock index, they're down over 35% this year. But this could ease up some of the supply chain issues that we're seeing. And then in terms of global localization, Bosch have announced that they're investing 3 billion euros in chip production uh, in 2026. So bringing more chip production into Europe. So some quite, quite big changes and fundamental changes happening here but you know further down the road the knock-on effect here is we know that when the chip markets come off and demand falls prices fall very sharply um so again you know for, for inflation that's probably quite positive news but well, well actually on that sort of um it's a smaller company but showing how things can turn the other way did you see uh MPAC, mpac they unfortunately had a profits warning um the other day. Um, now they build batteries in the UK, um, but they've obviously seen, you know, what we're saying, they're slightly ahead of the curve there, you know, pressure coming onto them. I don't know if you saw that one, Phil. I just saw it sort of a little bit in the sort of the rear view mirror, should we say. Uh-huh. No, no, sorry, I didn't. No, I missed that one, Andrew. So well spotted you. But uh, no, I didn't see that. It's a well-held stock, actually. One, a lot of people have really got into it. Um, so it was disappointing to see, to be honest with you. It's one we, we probably need to go and I have emailed actually the CEO a few times to go and say, could I see him? Uh, and never got a reply. Um, so maybe that was a good miss. Might have got bullish on it. Um, maybe I'll email him again and say, can I come and see you now and try and help me put the share price up? Yeah. It's now off 55% uh, year to date. And for a company that's a, a bit of a favourite, that's not good. It isn't. So, yes, hopefully he will have a chat to you, Andrew. He should do. Um, uh, did you see, uh, well, some of us keep saying, did you see? You're supposed to be on holiday, Andrew. Right, so solid state. Um, the ticket is S-O-L-I. Uh, what we talked about before, this uh, 90 million market cap. Um, and solid state, a company I've known for a long time. They um, they originally were a uh, electronics component uh, distributor primarily, and they've expanded that, and they design in silicon chips into various applications, including uh, computing power and communications products. Uh, they manufacture product, whole products themselves, and they have um, value-added um, services for industrial military markets, and they do specialised battery assemblies. Um, for all sorts of applications, uh, including uh, military, medical, UAV. And they have announced an acquisition. Uh, they're acquiring a company called Custom Power in the States. Um, they are a battery systems manufacturer. Uh, they do battery packs for military, medical, uh, UAV. Um, and the terms are they're going to acquire this for £36 million and they managed to solid state place uh, shares raising £26 million. Uh, and that placing closed yesterday. So a bit of activity there on the market and actually very good to see. Yeah. Well, that's, actually, that is good. And it's a good fund rate in these markets to raise money like that is, is good. So well done then. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
Um, moving on quickly, Computer Center, tickets CCCC, uh, three Cs, the market up three billion. Um, their shares are just down 8% over 12 months. Um, we've mentioned this company a lot before. It's in IT services, serving uh, many, many large companies, uh, doing all sorts of things in terms of uh, digital transformation. In terms of the you know the, the software cybersecurity systems, so um, the uh, I mean th this company's repeatedly generated profit growth. It's a long history of profit growth, uh, and they've made an acquisition. So this is a UK company again acquiring in the states, which is interesting given the start of our conversation about uh, about currency. And they've applied uh, they've acquired an IT services company called Bits in the states. Uh, they employ 100 people. It's saying that um, this this turns over 245 million US dollars, EBIT of 8.9 billion dollars. Haven't disclosed the acquisition terms, but shows that despite the environment, again, tech companies are still going for it and investing ahead. So that was again good to see. Very good. Yeah, I mean, I think that. Uh... You know, if you're making an acquisition, a good time to make an acquisition if you've got the balance sheet is, of course, when markets are weak. Uh, and actually, UK companies in general have pretty strong balance sheets. That's why we're seeing so many share buybacks at the moment. And I'd far rather see a company do a good acquisition um, than a share buyback, because that sort of says they've run out of ideas, but they just think the company's too cheap. Um, of course, doing acquisitions in the States has always been quite tricky. Yes. It has a history of, of being tricky, so you know you have to watch out for that. But yeah, I'm all in favour of companies. I'm all in favour of M and A. There should be more M and A, and I think we will see more M and A. Yeah, yeah, quite right. Because there's, I mean, there's so much good technology out there, and now you can potentially get it for a reasonable price. So it's a so it's a damn good time to be uh, to be looking at these things. Um, just uh, just very quickly, um, one spatial, which is uh, this is location. Um, highly specialized location software. I like one spatial actually. The ticker's SPA, market cap's 53 million, uh, and their shares are up 19% uh, over the last 12 months. And they just announced uh, that they won a, a five year contract, and this is for um, Center of Advanced Transport in the University of Maryland. And this is uh, to use their software called One Integrate to uh, support automation and conflation, that's a word I've never heard before, of traffic data for the US Federal Highways Administration. Um, and this is to assess conditions for travel reliability, road conditions and congestion and improve their roadways. Sounds like we could do with a bit of that over here, actually. Uh, and this contracts for $0.6 million. So uh, well done, one spatial. Uh, and moving quickly back to the theme of uh, military, this is one we, company we've met before, Andrew, Filtronic, uh, FTC's ticker, 30 million market cap. And again, their shares are up 22% over the last six months. Filtronic's a really interesting one. I mean, it's highly specialised electronics um, systems that they design, <coughs> excuse me, for aerospace, defence and telecoms, uh, particularly critical communications. So, <coughs> oh God, pardon me, excuse me. So they've just announced a, a contract win with a US defense customer for um, uh, this is for testing of uh, radio frequency equipment and it's a 0.5 million pound contract uh, and it's to do with land, sea and airborne platforms. So not a lot more disclosed on that one and it is defense related, uh, but that's positive for Fulcronic. I mean, some of these defence electronic firms really should be should be booming in the current environment. We know not only we've got a war in Ukraine, 
that probably were the Cold War, um, you know, East versus West, so to speak. Um, but also, we're seeing the government probably are going to put up uh, percentage of GDP going into defence, and we also know that the defence spending has, has been, although it's it's been staying high, it's been going up into very much the, you know, high-end, very expensive products like aircraft and that sort of thing, rather than a lot of the general stuff. So there's a bit of catching up to do, um, and certainly if Penny Mordaunt gets becomes uh, prime minister, who is is the one that I would like to see uh, for what it's worth. I would like to see her become the prime minister of the Conservative Party. Just making it out, putting it out there. Um, and I have done right from the beginning, actually. Um, I'm a bit of a fan of her because I'm a Pompey boy, and she's a Pompey girl. And uh, she, obviously, being a Royal Naval Reservist, I'm sure would uh, be all in favour of upping defence expenditure and making sure that the armed forces have what they need to fight a war. <laughs> well, that was well, a party political broadcast by VSA Capital. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it was. Well, you're not hiding your light under a bushel there with that one. Well, let's see. Hey, let's see who wins. I don't know what the bookies odds are at the moment on it, on it, but we'll know very, very shortly. But yeah, you're right. I mean, getting quick, swiftly back to UK defence, a lot of the money has gone into very, very large platforms, um, and it will now, you know, especially given what's been seen, I guess, in the Ukraine and on the battlefield, there be filtering down to, um, you know, a lot of the smaller systems. But um, and there's some good, there's some good UK companies here with highly specialised, you know, e engineering expertise that will benefit from this. So uh, yeah, uh, particularly companies like Filtronic. Very good. There, there we are. And I think uh, the only other one that I spotted this morning, um, and you may be a bit late for uh, investing in this, and uh, <clears throat> it's uh, Zar. Uh, XAR is the name, ticker is XAR. Uh, this one's been listed for quite a long while, and I do know this because the ex finance director of Domino Printing Sciences, I think, is still the chairman. Of Zar, Zar make um, industrial inkjet printing heads. Um, so not the printer that sits uh, next to your PC in the house. These things are used to print on packaging, pharmaceuticals packaging, food beverages packaging, uh, ceramic tiles. Um, so a whole mix of applications for this type of printing tech, and it needs to be able to operate very, very accurately and at, at enormous speeds. But Zara have been through quite a lot of restructuring over the last uh, last few years. Um, they originally did well on the ceramic tile printing, particularly in China, um, and that market fell away. And they've had to, you know, they have to go through a lot of re restructuring, reorganisation, and focusing on their markets. Um, and they had a trading update today. Uh, for the six months to June, and they are saying that um, they're expanding revenues of 37 million pounds. It's a 41% relative increase. So they made an acquisition there, but the organic uh, growth was 14%, which was which was very very strong. Improved their gross margins, which is something that we've been looking for very closely in this mar market, given the you know cost pressures and um, inflationary price, you know, impacts and cost of sales. So that's really really good in terms um, of uh, the cost margin. Yeah. Yeah, no, Zara's been a, an absolutely fantastic performer um, over the last few years, and I, I followed it quite closely. I, I'm a fool. So many people told me to buy it. Um, but if, if Shoda's can't buy anymore because they've got 29% of the company, they'll have to bid for the whole damn thing. But I know that uh, Andy Bruffett Shoda's has, has made a fantastic um, uh, profit out. Well, you haven't got a profit till you sell, I suppose, but it's done very well on picking this up one. Uh, but they also have really good other shareholders. They've got Aberforth there with 9%. Uh, thread needle with seven percent 
uh, Invesco with 5%, Fidelity, Chelverton. I mean, it's a blue chip uh, shareholder base they've got, and it's it's really performed well. It's it's a it's a great company. It's um, of course the the only danger is as soon as you say it's performed well, and it's a great company, it's got brilliant shareholders. Things can sometimes then go wrong, but it's still actually only 150 million market cap. Um, it's it looks as though it's on a massive PE, but as you say, it's it's doing really well, and so I think that's sort of it's it's maybe not rushing and buy it today because uh, it's obviously come up from sort of um, 20p to one pound 90, uh, but it is a good company. Yeah, and there aren't, you know, internationally, not a tremendous amount of companies in the space either. Um, and, it, you, you know, management's done a fantastic job in turning around this business. As I say, Andrew, the chairman, was ex, he was the ex-FD of Domino Printing Sciences, and Domino, uh, from memory, used to cover it, but that ended up getting acquired by, but this is Cambridge-based, uh, and Domino made industrial printers. Uh, they were acquired for 1.1 billion, if my memory serves me right. So, uh there aren't a lot of these things around sort of, sort of globally uh it's fairly narrow it's very specialized um and so yeah um not surprised uh it's valued where it is but yeah good come good well i think we'll call it a day there phil because actually i've got a tea time coming up fairly soon i've got to get the clubs ready <laughs> well listen and, and next week i don't know if you're about next week but i'm fishing next week are you? Well, listen, look, Andrew, you're on holiday. You should go and enjoy it. Um, and I'm sure I'll manage to put a podcast together next week before I go away the following week. But I wish all our listeners a relaxing weekend. Enjoy the weekend. Too hot. Plenty of ice water to keep with you. Absolutely. Very good. Thanks. Okay. Cheers, Andrew.